Welcome to Drink This Beer, a show dedicated to craft beer and the people who make it. Each episode, we'll get the stories behind the brews you love. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? And welcome to Drink This Beer. It's the podcast that talks to the people around the country and around the world about the beer you love to drink. And I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. And this week we are headed to North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Noda Brewing Company. They burst on the national scene with a gold medal in 2014's World Beer Cup. And we have Chad Henderson with us. He is the head brewer and co-owner. Co-owner. Something like that. Chad, thanks so much for joining (laughs) us this week. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Well, Chad, we just cracked open a sticky when wet, and if I hear correctly, this is a uh, once-a-year, one-time uh, brewery-only release, correct? That is correct, and this is only the second year we've ever done it. We literally decided on the last possible hour last year that we had a chance to actually sign up for the uh, the wet hops to, to go ahead and pull the trigger and do it, and we loved how it came out, so we went ahead and, and uh, did it again this year. That's really uh, it, good. It's, it's one one time a year, and only right now, this year at least, uh, and last year, it's only available in the tap room. No, I'm sorry. Um, i gotta got to uh, call a foul on you, Chad. It's not hazy. Um, IPAs always have uh, to be hazy. Yeah. God yeah. forbid. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Can't have that. We call them all non-hazy IPAs. No, this is really tasty. This is super good. You know something? I'm a Aaron is our hophead. Brian's a hophead. These yes. guys like bitter West Coast, just in your face West Coast kind of IPAs. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a Northeast IPA kind of guy. Uh, you know, I like right. the smoother, finer, uh, tropical notes in this. This is really good. The bitterness level Thank in you. this one is balanced. There's mm-hmm. a whole lot of fresh hop in it. Though. Yeah. So yes. this is yeah. this is really nice. So. Tell us about this one. What what hops do, does this one have in it? Well, the the wet hops that it has in it is uh, Citra. So we we have um we have a sixty barrel brew house that we run off of. So it's a it's a big brew house, but uh, in comparison to you know uh, surrounding breweries in, in the Charlotte area, most of them in North Carolina for that matter. But we happen to have a a hop back cage for it. And our own our old system, we didn't have a hop back. So we're sitting there, you know, looking at this uh this you know kind of advertisement through one of our hop providers. They're like, hey, you know, sign up by this date, you know, to to allocate wet hops, you know, for the harvest season. And we're just like, well, we have a hop back. And like, like, when's the last time? When you know, when's the deadline to sign on? It's like, oh, about an hour from now. So it's like, all right, just put us down for a bunch. Go, of go, go, let's go. do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and we just do them in the hop back. And I made a a, a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say baseline, but like, didn't want to make it overly complicated, sort of like a malt bill or anything like that. But just a a nice even kill, about you know, right floating right in the mid six percent range. And uh, and really focus on the citra wet hops and have it fortified and uh, I guess kind of accentuated with mosaic hops mm-hmm. in pellet form. So that's basically the beer. So I just wanted to have really clean bitterness that would balance out with the uh, the malt bat body, which is not very complex. I mean, it's just it's enough malt to give it some body complexity, some uh, head retention, and some uh, some balance for the hop uh, blast. And, and then it's uh, and then it's just a, that payload of the those citra wet hops, and we throw a ton of uh, mosaic pellets in it to help out with it as well. And mosaic's just like the best sidekick hop of all time, in my <laughs> opinion. Like it just it just plays so well with other hops. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's just uh, let's just run with that and let the the wet citrus do their job. And, and uh, I really loved how it came out. It was uh, it was definitely I, I I call it our Nickelodeon can because it kind of looks like a uh, like a, you just got slime sort of yeah exactly sort of on it. But, yeah. So it was a, it's a nice juicy really um, very uh, upfront but uh, not palate wrecking sort of experience. Yeah, it doesn't wreck your palate, but it does have enough of that bitterness for me that I'm like really stoked about that. It's a, you got a little bit of that. It's to, right to there. Yeah, it's right there. Which is yeah. you know I'm I like some bitterness. It's the bracing. 
you know, a hundred like pine tree in your face. Yeah. The, yeah. None yeah. of that for me. But I was actually, I'm holding the can right now, looking at the label. I'm like, that's a really cool looking label. I, I like that a lot. Right. So good beer. But uh, to get into the meat and potatoes here, Chad, how did you get started in uh, craft beer and brewing? Uh, I fell in love with craft beer uh, when I was in college. I learned how to. I did a lot of research in beer drinking when I was in <laughs> in school. So. Didn't we all? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I uh, the craft beer. Um, well, the beer uh, alcohol limit in North Carolina when I started school was five percent alcohol, and when I was getting ready to graduate, it lifted to fifteen uh, percent. So okay. In a movement that we called uh, "Pop the Cap." In North Carolina, and when that happened, there was this huge surge of um, of craft beers that influxed into the into the state. You know, because before that point, you know, I mean, you look at you know the most popular style in the in the country right now going is the American IPA, and you have a five percent alcohol cap. Why would any outside brewery want to even come to your state? They can't even sell like half their stuff. Exactly. Right? So we we had a very limited exposure to beer before that point, and uh, I would have a lot of uh, friends before the cap got popped that would come in that you know would go and visit family out of state and they would come back to school with um with uh these craft beers and stuff and i'd be like why does this one why is this one black and nine percent alcohol it yeah. tastes actually yeah good, instead of like yeah. carbonated cold sweat and then i'd be like oh it's craft beer i'm like well, what does that mean they're like it's more expensive and harder to find i'm like that's not an actual definition <laughs> that's it that's, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, started started trying to figure out, you know, what made this made this stuff so miles apart from, you know, the the swill that you would, you know, stand upside down to drink. And, uh, and I have no uh, idea what you're talking I, about, Brad. I'm sorry, no, Chad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no tubes or funnels involved. No idea, but, uh, Chad. <laughs> you know, I I kind of found I happened across um, BeerAdvocate.com back in you know when it was it was really starting out and it kind of fell down that rabbit hole of like holy crap, there's this whole like underground. Uh, world out there of craft beer, and I, and I was in the uh, in a medical degree, and uh, so I like science and stuff like that. And I found out how beer was made, and I was like, "This is really, really cool." I actually am really interested in this stuff, and I started helping some friends homebrew. And when the the pat the, the the cap popped and raised to fifteen percent, uh, we had all these you know uh, sales representatives and stuff like that from all these breweries come down, and you know they're just they're so passionate about their their craft, and it's like people behind this beer not only make really good beer, but they really really care about it. And mm-hmm. I was like. I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And I was like, crap, I'm about to graduate with a medical degree in four months. <laughs> so <laughs> close. So yeah. I went ahead and we get, went in and got the degree and went in the medical industry, but basically spent um, a, a, about uh, five or six years just trying to go through the whole Charlotte area, uh, which was very, was the biggest city in, in North Carolina with the most amount of bars and stuff like that, but had a very limited amount of like actual craft beer awareness and basically no craft brewery in it. Uh, and so me and, and a, a few friends that were big craft beer fans basically just went around just trying to educate the public doing free tastings and events. And we got fr- got to be friends with all the beer reps and stuff like that that were coming into town. Um, and you would be like, hey, we'll help you do a tasting over here or, or you know, a showcase over here and whatnot or a festival over here, blah, blah, blah. So I got to know a ton of players in the scene and, and I got to know and, and get advice from all the homebrewers and stuff like that. And I happened across um, Todd and Susie Ford. At, a, at one of my local watering holes and started talking with them about craft beer and we started going to homebrew competitions together and stuff like that and uh, eventually they uh, got tired of their jobs and I was and I had already been checked out of the medical industry before I really started and uh, they were like we want to make our own uh, we want to make our own brewery we want to do something we're actually passionate about and my name as they started asking people in the industry about like you know who who would be a good homebrewer to, to kind of get in and, and try to transition up to a production scale. And they're like, well, Chad's crazy enough to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to do, do it. Yeah. Like that. 
And, uh, yeah, and, and they're like, oh yeah, we already like his beers. We, you know, they makes this, we, you know, we we made similar like West Coast mentality stuff. So they eventually just heard my name enough times. They're like, well, you know, do you want to come and be our brewer? And I just basically screamed yes with a couple, you know, profanity words <laughs> in there. And, uh, and uh, like and a twelve-year-old girl at a Bieber concert, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was a lot of squealing, and uh, and so <laughs> we started building out the uh, the brewery. And uh, about three years in, I became the third co-owner with them. So. It's been just uphill ever since then. Very so. cool. So it's an awesome yeah, story, cool. man. That's quite a ride, huh? Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. It was a huge shock. It's a. It's all. It's all a series of a. Uh, of massive. It's like a roller coaster. You have this long, you know, arduous clanking like climb up that seems to take forever, and then you get to the top of it when you realize, oh God, this is going to be awesome, and then you just start going through the ride, and you, and then you have those upslopes again where you just start to have to work up, you know, the way. So it's, it's a bunch of. It's a bunch of uh, suspenseful climbs and and hard work with like insanely you know spirited you know uh, you know uh, flies and exhilaration. It feels like the you know time just flies by. Like when we turned six years old uh, at the end of October, it was like God. This feels like we started this yesterday, and then also at the same time, it feels like it has never been anything but that. You know, it's like the yeah, like, right, reality sure. has been the brewery, and there's never it's like life didn't start before that point. <laughs> Yeah, well, so it's, it's a it's a cool experience. Well, it's funny. It's funny, Chad. You know, we were able to talk to, to a bunch of brewers from across the country, and uh, they all have very similar stories. A lot of them do. Like they're lawyers, or they're like accountants in training, and all this kind of stuff. And they just hated their job, and they wanted to go ahead and do something different. And they took their home brewing expertise and turned it into a company, and just kind of grew it from there, and, and followed their passion, which is which is one of the really cool things I think about this industry. Um, you get a lot of people that really follow their passion and, and enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that like I hated the medical industry. Well, sure, but I mean, you know, my, my heart wasn't in it. You know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, like, and that's that's the biggest thing. If you if you talk to any brewery that's been around for for any considerable time, or anybody that's, that's been a brewer for any considerable time, if you don't absolutely love the industry, then don't get in it. Like, why would you want to hurt yourself that bad? Yeah. Why, yeah. why would you want to work like sixty hours on Sunday morning yeah. and Saturday afternoon, yeah. right, to get stuff done, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I the first the first year and a half of the brewery being open, I slept at the brewery on the floor probably three to four nights a week. Uh, and that would be because I was pulling, you know, anywhere between 14 and 18 hours, just trying to get everything done, figure stuff out. And uh, I remember in the first couple months that we were open, I think I did my longest day uh, to, to, you know, hopefully ever, you know, as far as the work day. And it was like 33 and a half hours or something like that. So it was like, you know, like if you don't love it, then you're not gonna be, you're not gonna want to do that. And also, you know, once you're starting out a brewery, like no brewery, especially in this infancy, can pay anybody really any sort of competitive wage. You know, so it's like, you know, are you willing to basically work yourself nearly to death to constantly stress to make sure this thing that you think you understand enough is gonna work out just right to be something that people actually, you know, freak out to go find, and also, you know, basically get almost, you know, no financial like, 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 uh, you know, gratification. Uh, gratification from it you know in the initial part of it you know it's, it's a lot of give with very little reception at first and the biggest thing you have to take from it is that you love the industry so much that seeing people get out of their way to find it and see people freak out to put it on draft that's your big satisfaction until your company starts really building up and you can actually you know you know be more stable as a as an actual person if you don't if you don't absolutely love it it's like don't even bother stay stay a, stay, stay a beer supporter stay a <laughs> there you go enthusiast. And really hope that you have a very supportive spouse, correct, or a significant right, other. Yeah, that was it. that was another thing with it too. Is like I was willing to do all that sort of stuff. I I was single. I didn't have any kids. 
you know, like, uh, it was just, uh, it was, I was, I was only jeopardizing my own well-being. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. I didn't, have, I didn't have anyone else relying on me, so I, I can't imagine uh, what it would be like if, if that, if it was another case. So I was very fortunate in, uh, in that, in that sense. So it's, uh, not a lot of people get to say that they got their dream job at 27. <laughs> so nice. Uh, it's pretty cool. So I just have to ask because I didn't know for a long time what does Noda mean. Yeah, it's uh, it's not North Dakota. Turns out, okay, uh, is it? Oh. It's a, is it not? Uh, okay, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people uh, when they're in like you know a, a different state uh, away from Charlotte or. Uh, or be like, where in North Dakota are you from? Like, ah, oh, crap, that's we didn't. Know. Not <laughs> even close. <laughs> Noda, Noda is just a simple uh, neighborhood reference in Charlotte. Um, uh, some one of the streets in our downtown uh, that cuts through is uh, called uh, Davidson, and uh, North Davidson goes outside the city. And after about a few blocks outside the main, the main, not the city, but the, the downtown area of it. Once you get past the downtown area for a few blocks, it becomes this really cool arts district where um, everything is. Um, uh, independently owned and there's no franchise or anything. It's all like art galleries and uh, private restaurants and bars and tattoo parlors and music venues and stuff like that. And that's called the Noda Arts District. Okay. Um, and we opened our original spot uh, with our 15 barrel brew house there on North Davidson. And so we're like, well, we have all these different forms of art. Why don't we give them a fermented art and we'll just call it after the neighborhood. So we've always been intended to kind of be neighborhood first. Uh, and foremost, and, you, and we're we're one road over now at our main production facility with our sixty barrel system. So it's on Tryon Street, but it's it's walking distance from North Davidson. So we still, uh, you know, the name still references our location. So you guys have been there six years now. As as you mentioned earlier, October you celebrated their six your sixth anniversary, and yeah. uh, we've seen this a lot where breweries. We've talked about this many times. Go into a neighborhood, you know, kind of develop, you know, maybe underdeveloped real estate or move into something like that. We saw when we were out in Denver, uh, there was a brewery, and I think the brewery was called Rhino Brewing Company. Yeah. Uh, in the yeah, yeah, River North neighborhood. But Rhino Brewing had to move out of the Rhino neighborhood because the the neighborhood got too expensive and too cool. So right. how has things gone in Noda? Is it is it growing, continuing it's- to grow since you've been there? Oh yeah, it's growing like by leaps and bounds. It doesn't look anything like when uh, when I first moved down here. I mean, when I when I, I live in the neighborhood too. So um, uh, when I first moved down here because I got tired of sleeping on the floor um, <laughs> for the brewery, I uh, uh, I mean, it wasn't a place to. My neighborhood, you didn't exactly go like you know jogging outside a whole sure. lot. Yeah, like sprinting in fear. <laughs> it's good exercise, right? <laughs> yeah. Our, our base yeah. here is in, in Atlanta, and we know exactly what you're talking about yeah. in a few places. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, there's a lot, a lot of you know, uh, siren lights and stuff like that going on when I first moved down. But now, uh, I think almost every single house around the original house that me, me and my roommate moved, uh, moved into initially is like three stories and just <laughs> massive. You know, it's like you know, it's yeah. Like, oh, that one's got a boat coming in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's very different. I mean, it's still it's still not ritzy or anything like that, but it's 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 a night and day difference. But luckily, with the popularity of of the brewery and and uh, the swell and, and us keeping it really centralized to the Charlotte area predominantly, and so we've been able to to maintain it. We we still we actually brew out of both of our locations. Uh, we just don't have the when our original spots tap room is closed because uh, again they're building everything out and the main uh, our main parking area is basically being built out for a condo complex and stuff so we don't have any parking there so that's where all of our sours and side batches uh, get uh, produced there and then we have the 60 barrel on on Tron doing all the um, all the major batches whatnot so luckily we we've been able to to, to stay ahead of the you know 
the the rent spikes and all that sort of stuff you know as, as time has moved on um but uh but the area has changed night and day and we've we've just grown with it now, now speaking of changing, uh, you know, uh, I think if a lot of folks around the country would ask uh, what North Carolina area would be known for its craft beer, it would be Asheville. Um, Charlotte, though, has started to grow as a beer town. You've got a lot more uh, breweries in the area, starting to get a little more recognition. Um, you know, again, you're the second oldest brewery in the area. How have you seen that uh, craft beer scene grow in the Queen City, as it would be? It's totally, it's it's one of the fastest growing uh kind of cultures and business business environments I've ever seen. Um, and I think Asheville definitely deserves its praise. Sure. I just think that Charlotte has, uh, has, has basically strong armed the entire concept of, you know, like, Hey, I know we didn't have anything, you know, beforehand, but we're freaking here to stay now. You know, and yeah. it's like, if you come to Charlotte, like every single bar is just flooded with local uh, taps. I mean, it's, it's insane. Um, and, uh, I mean, when we started, it was us in old Mecklenburg, uh, who really were the only breweries around And about 25 days after we opened Birdsong opened right across the street from us. And about four to six months after them, uh, triple C opened and about, uh, you know, four months after them high open. And it's, it's like every four to six months, there's another one popping away. I think we have over like 25 in the greater Charlotte area and about 18 in Charlotte proper itself. They're full functioning uh, right now, and everything from brew pubs to you know production brews like ourselves and O and B have been. Uh, so like you're looking at a window of, I mean, Old Mac's about uh, just around two years older than us. So you're looking at an eight year window, but really kind of consolidated in about five and a half to six years of basically being nothing to being like almost the point where people are questioning if it's too saturated. You, so, you know, and that's, I mean, and that's funny, yeah, because, you know, it seems like that's the way really across the entire Southeast because we've been just so underserved when it comes to craft beer that, you know, here in Atlanta, of course, we've just had our, our, our laws passed and a lot of beer breweries are growing as well. People are saying the same thing. They're like, are we oversaturated with breweries? And I'm like, well, if you look at the per capita, we're yeah. not even close to yeah. Oregon yeah. Or, uh, yeah. or, you know, or California or those places, you know, that, that have a huge yeah. amount of breweries. And when you, and when you still look at the, 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 the horrifying number of, of what percentage of beer is, is macro produced versus what's locally made, it's, 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 you know, it's almost laughable. Yeah. When you think about, like, the amount, of, the amount of beer that's consumed in the state or even in your city that's not made from there. And then it's, you know, it's like, yeah, you have a ton of new breweries opening up and it's really awesome. But you're going from, you know, it, it, it's all, this whole business is so relative. You know, it's like when mm-hmm. you look at it from the fact that you were making 0% of the total beer consumed in the in the city to making, you know, 2% of the beer consumed in the city, and you look at the total volume of beer consumed, it's like, wow, that's a ton of beer. Yeah. But when you look at it, yeah. just like, you're only making 2%. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're basically you're basically making the beer that uh, the big boys are just basically losing from, uh, from you know, screw-ups yeah. and things like well, that. Well, that's yeah. Jim Cook yeah. made the comment one time. He said Budweiser dumps more beer or splashes out of their tanks in a year than I produce. And he's like, that's not yeah. an exaggeration. You know, they literally, their waste is more than my production. And you, you look at that with a brewery like Sam Adams, you know, and that's, yeah. uh, I don't think people realize, we, we love to think about how cool and how much craft beer is growing, but uh, if I remember right from the Brewers Association, like a 12% something like market that, yeah. share or something like yeah. that, that yeah, means big beer not, still has the other fun. 88%, you know, so. Exactly. Yeah, and and you know I, I'm fine with that. I don't think there's ever going to be a day where we're going to have like a fifty-fifty split, because no, I mean no government around uh, the world is willing to take on AB InBev. You know, it's like you know this, they can get away with just about anything. Sure, it seems like. And uh, but I mean, you know, if they ever feel legitimately threatened, I think they they pull out every single stop. And they already, you know, you know, with the acquisitions of other crapperies and kind of masquerading them as as still being, you know 
independent, you know, brewers, even though they, they own them now and stuff like that. I mean, I think that's kind of like their first big step along with their marketing campaigns to basically try to make fun of us as often as possible, which is the, the most hypocritical, like two, you know, two headed strike I've ever seen in my life. It's like, we're going to acquire all these really cool craft breweries. And by the way, craft beer is so stupid. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the pumpkin doing? peach ale is terrible, but yeah. we, we were going to acquire a brewery that makes actually that. So yeah, we're going to. Yeah. So it's just, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they, and they, you know, recently they throw out all the, the campaigns where they have all the beers with the random fruits and like bacon and stuff like that, put them in the like, you know, I prefer this, you know, carbonated. Yes. But what I love though is the Budweiser came back where they had their throwback beer that they just made uh, yeah. for the holiday season. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. That's like Sam Adams. That's your, that's your, uh, can I say something? Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. That beer doesn't suck. Hey, you know what? It's, it's, fl- it's got an actual flavor I'm, on I'm going to try them. Yeah. You know, I'll give them a shot. I'm not going to go out buying six packs, but, you know, totally off topic here, but I got to give AB InBev props for the commercials. They've got one that's talking about the Patriots. Yep. And it, uh, it, it makes it like a Revolutionary War thing. And a guy rides up on a horse and says, Good sir, where did you obtain those nachos? And there's <laughs> so it's just uh, a very good Well, Timmy, you're there, a sucker so. for nacho talk anyway. This is true. That's this true. is true. Aaron. <laughs> I, I will. I will say. I've not, I don't. I don't really. I used to back in the day, but right now, like, I don't. I don't really knock AB or Miller or Coors or any of them for the beer they make. They make the most consistently. Exactly. The sure. The beer I think you could ever find. I don't personally like it that much, but that's not the reason why I have problems with them. My problems with them are all on 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 a on a marketing slash yeah. you know like you know lo- like blind eye to to the blatant you know monopoly laws and stuff like that they're out there like that's my problem with them and also when it comes down to like brewing science itself and like and just you know uh quality uh you know assurance and they basically wrote all the books for it so yeah. and 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 their guys are are very open about it too so you know as far as as far as what they make i don't really care about that they will always have their market and, and there's a reason why so many people do drink you know you know what we frequently refer to as like swill but you know swill has its place it's like box wine does i guess that's right but, uh, it, you know, when it comes down to like you trying to scalp me off tap and stuff like that, and then just you know th- that sort of a, of a play, that's the stuff I have a problem with. Exactly, that's, that's so. exactly the same here. I mean, drink what you like, but when you're playing yeah. dirty in the business world, that's a little. And there's there's a huge difference in just being competitive and trying to be as competitive as possible, and playing right. dirty and underhanded, trying to crush the little guy. Huge difference yeah, in that. Exactly. So yeah, and that and that, com- that comes back to the point of uh, of the oversaturation issue. Like as long as you're able to make good craft beer consistently and keep an identity that keeps you to stand out and be recognized as its own individualized thing, then I think that like most markets in the southeast shouldn't have a problem with more breweries coming in. Yeah. I think that the more the more saturation you get, the more it forces you to have that high consistency, that high customer service level and and just overall makes you make a better product if we were if it was if it was just us in old mecklenburg like who was for the first like month that we existed the pressure to constantly get better wouldn't be nearly as, as strong you know like you know i want all the breweries around us to do as good as they possibly can one because I, a lot of them are my friends and i don't want them to to be hurting for it but two and most importantly it makes me want to be just as good yeah. not better every single time and 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 that makes them want to be better or at least it should you know so the you know the 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 friendly competition in the industry like we're not trying to cut each other down but if we collectively are always trying to put our best foot forward it makes our scene a lot better and i and i, I feel really strongly if you go to if you bar hop or brie hop in 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 uh in charlotte 
North Carolina, the consistency and quality level bar is really, really high for mm-hmm. a lot of super young breweries. I mean, we're six years old, and and we get looked at as you know around the country as being like, wow, you're so young, that's so great. You've been you you know you've grown as much as you have in, in that period of time. But in in our area, we're like, well, you're the old guard. I'm exactly. Like, no, we're not. <laughs> we, we 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 are still trying to. We're less than ten years old. Give us a break. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. So, so it's 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 a mixed bag of that, you know, and uh, and but but honestly, as long as the 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 efforts there to keep making the beer good and consistently good and, and unique, it makes our whole scene as a whole better. Which which is which is us rising up, you know, with the the crapper flag against the big giant and whatnot. It's not it's not us breaking each other down. It's us making sure we're all bringing our aces to the game. So, well, well, it's funny, that, Chad, because you speak about the experience, and uh, and actually one of the reasons why we're talking to you now is that we had a friend, Jason, just came to Charlotte a few weeks ago, and he said, I mean, you've got to get these guys on the air because he had such a yeah, great I, I job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You did such a great job uh, with kind of making sure that you felt like home. And I think that's a the experience itself at a craft beer bar and a craft beer brewery, I think, is, is really, really important. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's first and foremost. I mean, that's the reason why you go to the brewery. You know, it's like you can. We're we have over 500 accounts in Charlotte where you can get our beer. You know, like and 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 right now I think we have 30 different beers on draft that are that are our own homemade beers and stuff. And which so it's like, do you want to experience literally the whole rainbow of everything we have right now in the house that it's made and with the people that you know are, are there that that literally make make the beer happen and whatnot? And more than likely, run into a you know a brewer or, or, or me that you know head brewer in the in the bar and can tell you the backstory behind every single beer or you just want to go to a, you know a restaurant and just enjoy it you know however you want you know it's like the, it's your call but you know if you need to offer that experience it just can't be another bar to go to you know if you need to give it like there's a reason why you go to this place you know it's like most of, most of these breweries aren't exactly in like the most amazing location to begin with <laughs> you know? so you, right. you need that you need that reason to go in there and and uh and do more than just simply you know have have the beer with some nachos. <laughs> no, not knocking the nachos. But There's nothing wrong with beer and nachos, Chad. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. We, that, have so. them, we have them every day. Yes. Well, a question for you. You know, something that, you know, Aaron talked about kind of creating a sense of family and, and community there in the tap room, but we've seen this with a lot of breweries, and I know NoDot does this as well, some uh, charitable con- contributions and into yeah. the community there. So through your your notables, you actually give a percentage of your, of your perso- proceeds from that to charities, correct? Yeah, we do. Uh, on, I can't even count the amount of charities we, we go through. With it. It's just nice with us being. We frequently call it a mom and pop, you know, run because because you know it's a husband and wife team that founded us, and and uh, I, I frequently refer to myself as kind of like the the uh, the semi adopted son into it, you know. And uh, so we we all we all three live in the community, and we feel like as citizens of the community, you know, our brewery, you know, since we own this brewery, it should as an extension of us give back to the community as often as possible. So it's every week we have at least probably two to four major uh, charities that we go through. Um, for uh, Every Monday we have a thing called we D- You Drink, We Donate, which is basically a dollar from every pint goes to a, to a rotating charity that signs up with us. Um, frequently our notable, uh, or which is our like, small one-off, never-to-repeat batches that we do um, that are released every Tuesday. They're frequently uh, you know coordinated with a larger uh, charity event that will happen like on the weekend and, and proceeds from those sales go to that charity. And then the actual event would happen and like, you know, have like, you know, raffles and, and, uh, and auctions and stuff like that. Uh, and, and they generate proceeds too. I mean, we regularly give, or we have, we regularly, uh, generate each year about over $40,000, uh, per, uh, in, in one day to a, a local breast cancer, 
um, radiology clinic and stuff like that for pink pint night and stuff. And, you know, it's, we, we pretty much uh, find any just cause that we can. The great thing with beer yeah. is it, it doesn't have that much of an agenda. You know, that's true. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a hooray, celebrate. <laughs> that's right. So Absolutely. Like, so, you, could, uh, you know, I mean, we're not going to probably sponsor an AA thing anytime soon. But, <laughs> well, yeah, know, that could be a problem. That, just about, <laughs> that yeah, would be a great AA yeah. meeting, though, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's so, whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what a fight the temptation. So that's hard. right. Um, but, uh, so, aside from that, though, just about, I mean, we've done a, a juvenile diabetes um, uh, fundraiser recently. We've done a you know, we do uh, the St. Baldrick's and we do prostate cancer, multiple prostate cancer events and stuff. I'm really good friends with uh, Rick Light, who who, uh, who created Pints for Prostates. And also, you know, we we just do, you know, every week multiple events to, to raise money to just causes. And, and and being that, you know, we, you know, our whole thing, our whole thing is just like we just want to give back. We, we, we don't, we like this past Monday, we did a, uh, we did a charity that helped uh, ensure um, uh, greenery development in Charlotte for, for, for making sure we have enough trees through all the excess development and stuff like that. So everything from, from trees to dogs and cats to kids to, you know, adults to fighting cancer and stuff like that, we, 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 get, a, we get any sort of involvement that we can do to help out, we do it. Well, Chad, uh, we're running out of time. We could talk to you for like three hours, I think. This is an awesome conversation. I appreciate it. Uh, but really quick, though, um, you guys were kind enough to send us some beer. Um, Coco Loco is the other one, actually, that you bought, uh, that you sent us. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that one real quick? Yeah, Coco Loco is the second beer we ever brewed. Um, and it was one of the first ones off the little homebrew pilot batches that we that we uh, really kind of rallied behind and, and started pushing. That was actually our first major accolade, too. That It's a, it's a robust porter. It's right at like six point three percent alcohol, and it's got a small accent of a of a toasted coconut mm-hmm. and cocoa nibs in it. So you get a little bit. The coconut acts kind of like as a um, like a biscuity cookie sort of uh, sweetness buffer, and then the cocoa nibs add that dark chocolate character to it. So it's a real nice, smooth, even even keel uh, uh, dark beer. That's not harsh harsh as like a stout would be, but has a really nice velvety mouth. It's one of my favorite beers. We have it on year round. But um, that beer, uh, when we were 11 months old, we went. We attended the Great American Beer Festival for the first time, and we surprisingly won the Robust Porter category. They didn't have a gold award for the category, but we got the silver. So we completely were just not expecting that at all. So nice. that under a year old, we got a we got a, a top accolade at, at one of the biggest shows in the in the world. So that was our first big uh, medal win, and it's been a, a year rounder ever since. So, yeah, so cool. Well, that's awesome. I mean, you've won a lot of awards and those types of things. We can get into it, but like I said, we are running out of, out of time. time. I hate time it goes by too I fast sometimes, man. Right so that. It's all good. So if anyone wants to uh, keep in touch with uh, Noda and uh, kind of find out what's going on, what's uh, the best way to do that? Nodabrewing.com uh, is, is our website, and we, we update tons of information via our Instagram, Twitter feed. Uh, and Facebook as well. Our Facebook updates all the all the mini events we have going on is in the newsletter and it, and it broadcast via all the social media networks. So if you want to get kind of the the minute to minute play by play, choose your social media uh, outlet that you prefer and, and and look us up. Just Nota Brewing search will it'll, it'll pop us up. But uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are really easy ways to to get a hold of us. And also, if you want to see my weird looking face and, and tell you about every <laughs> weekly beer. Uh, we have a YouTube channel too, uh, which I think has the record for the most amount of videos and least amount of views total. <laughs> nice! <laughs> I have seen that, Chad. Congratulations! I am, yeah, I am one yeah. of the few viewers the that has watched. Yeah, very good, man. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so it's just me giving you the spiel on every weekly beer, and uh, we're going to actually start doing about once every month or every other month. We Back in the day, we used to do, like, full-blown productions of, like, Batman parodies and, you know, Die Hard parodies and stuff like that, and we're going to start doing those <laughs> over again now, too, so we'll have a little bit more production value to them. It's just, it's just so, it takes so much time to make them for every single week that uh, <laughs> it got a little yeah. uh, warning, wearing, so I just, I just pop up and give you a quick little quib. Very cool. Beer, but yeah, we're, on, we're on YouTube as well. Awesome. Chad, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate thank it. And everyone, thank you for tuning in to Drink This Beer. We're a podcast talking about craft beer around the country and around the world. And we've been talking to Noda Brewing Company. So mm-hmm. please check it out. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. And remember to drink local. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Drink This Beer. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. More beer stories? Head to BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Want more craft beer news? Listen to the Beer Guys Radio Show, available every Saturday morning. Drink this beer. Produced and developed by Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Part of the Beer Guys Media Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com.